Hello and welcome to episode 419 of the show. Now for those of you who are, um, what will I say, aware about Nigerian culture, you know about the association with the numbers 4, 1 and 9 uh, with Nigeria. And because of that, I was kind of hesitant to label this as episode 419. But the thing is, since I started um, labeling the episodes in a serial manner, I figured I might as well just keep with it because I can't just go from episode 418 to 420. Uh, that'll look like a mistake or uh, that I don't know how to count. Now, for those of you who don't know the backstory um, behind um, the number 419 and Nigerians, the um, there's this, uh, what should I call it, fraud. Yeah, it's called advance fee fraud. Anyway, um, in the Western Hemisphere, it's called um, advance fee fraud. And during the military regime in Nigeria, I can't remember which uh, military um, head of state at the time, there was some legislation passed, uh, decree 419, and it was against advance uh, fee fraud. Now, for those of you who don't know anything about advance fee fraud, that's basically the whole, uh, you know, that scam about the Nigerian prince. And I really cringe whenever I'm listening to um other podcasts um foreign podcasts american podcasts usually and then you know somebody says something about the nigerian prince and uh, yeah it's uh cringeworthy so uh if you haven't heard about 419 before especially its associations to um nigeria then go ahead uh, google it it's just some interesting um trivia uh to know about but if you are a foreigner rest assured that the majority of us are actually honest hard-working folks and so you shouldn't have any uh, problem running into um, four niners or uh, running into a Nigerian prince. As you can tell from this, um, um, the podcast, the general thrust of the podcast, you know, a lot of us are hustlers, um, grinders, self-employed people, uh, business owners, um, investors, inventors, you know, all trying to do our own thing. And uh, that's the reason why I continue to do what it is that I do over here on this podcast, keep producing um, material that helps people to um, add value out there in the marketplace and um, also to uh, bring their ideas, bring their products, bring their services uh, to a um, wider market. Yeah, because a lot of us are hard workers and uh, we're not scammers. And so uh, it's nice to put the wisdom out there so that people can have all the information that they need to uh, take things to the next level. Now, with that out of the way, um, I'd also like to say thanks for those of you who reach out from time to time with feedback. It's invaluable because it helps me um, keep a pulse on what's working, what's not, and the kind of things that you guys would um, want to, um, what you guys would like to hear. Because, for instance, um, yesterday's recording, that's episode 418, and uh, I think that was titled Networking After Dark or Networking After Hours, something like that. Basically, about this whole idea of um, in some Nigerian circles in Abuja and Lagos anyway those are the mega uh, should I say mega cities well the big cities the big urban areas in which I've lived in the, so I'm aware of this um, culture where this business culture you know where there's a thing that business gets done um, after hours uh, in the club or in social settings and things like that so if you're serious about networking then you ought to be hanging out with the guys uh, in the club or at the bars or 
um, other social settings. And so yesterday's podcast episode was exploring um, that idea that can you actually say drinking with the boys um, at the club or at the bar or hanging out with your babes at the spa can we really call that networking. And so those were the ideas that I examined there. And I just thought it was an interesting and maybe a creative episode um, to do. Um, I didn't think anybody would um, relate to it. But surprisingly, I got hit up on DM and um, there's a photographer who said that uh, that was his actual qualms, that he thinks that um, his business is suffering because uh, he likes to hang out, he likes to chill, but he hasn't been able to make the connection between uh, hanging out, chilling and networking. And so for him, it was motivating coming across um, that uh, particular episode. That's episode 418. If this is your first time of listening to the podcast and you would like to uh, get a sense of um, what he might have found valuable, then after you're done listening to this, just go check out episode 418 um, or Networking After Dark, Networking After Hours or something like that. So yeah, he um, was jazzed up and motivated because now he can see the connection between uh, hanging out with the boys and, uh, you know, shooting the shit and drinking beer. And, you know, he now sees the connection that you can actually be uh, networking in those uh, kinds of settings and I've told him to try out some of the ideas that we put out in the podcast and um, he should hit me up and let me know how it goes so um, I'm really glad that uh, there are folks like you out there who are deriving value from the uh, podcast so if you're one of those folks and you think that um, the podcast is uh, giving you uh, value is giving you life is helping you uh, it's putting you in a good headspace. It's giving you all the info that you need uh, to take the next step. And please, hit me up. Um, WhatsApp, Instagram, Twitter, uh, whatever. Hit me up. And um, yeah, let me have your, your testimony, as some of us like to say in church. Yeah, so let me have your testimony. Um, or let me know what kind of content works, where we should be heading with the show, ideas that we could explore some more. And most importantly, if you guys have some questions, if you think that the podcast episode had some things unanswered or some loopholes or some things you disagree with, uh, let me know. It'll be nice to enrich and improve the conversation over here. So, uh, with niceties out of the way, let's move on to episode 419, episode 419. Now, the average person has some um, reasonable concerns the first time they come in contact with you in a business setting, and that's because they don't know who you are, they haven't heard about your product or your service, and so it doesn't help if immediately you're trying to launch into your uh, sales spiel and you're trying to convince them that yours is the latest, yours is the greatest, that they should buy from you, you're the most sophisticated, you have the latest in town, you're this, you're this, you're that, you're that. So it's not going to be helpful because um, they have some concerns and those concerns are very reasonable. So if you look at things from this angle, then it's uh, really obvious why people have um, issues with our pricing um, from the get-go. Because for the average person, price is a proxy for value and so because of that of course they're going to be uncertain because they know nothing else about wedding photography or wedding planning or what goes into making a wedding cake the only thing that they have is uh, price as a um, heuristic as a shortcut so they're using that to gauge the amount of value that they're getting in the buying situation and that's because they know absolutely nothing else you know they don't know the cost of hiring a second shooter they don't know the cost of uh, buying Egyptian cotton to drape the halls, and they know nothing about um, sophisticated uh, sugar fondant art crafting. And um, basically, they don't know whatever it is that goes on uh, at the workshop behind the curtain. And so, for them, the only information that they have is price, and that is what they are going to use as a shortcut to gauge how much value am I getting out of this situation. 
And um, of course, this is one of the most common objections that every business owner or self-employed person, um, every event professional, every service professional, this is one thing that we all have in common. We all get this objection. Um, if you're new to the show, you're wondering what's an objection. An objection is a reason or a concern that the customer gives why they are not going to go ahead right now or why they say they are not going to be able to work with you. So every time you hear objection, just remember, it's a reason or it's a concern that they're giving about why we are not going to be able to uh, move ahead. But for the rest of the podcast episode and in the podcast in general, I try to substitute the words. I try to use them. Um, what's that word? I try to use them uh, both at the same time. Um, objection, uh, concern, uh, what else? Questions. Yes, so objections, concerns, questions. I try to use them interchangeably. So uh, this is one objection that we all hear. The price is too high. Now, very few customers are going to approach you and say that you didn't get the business because your price was too low. That's the inverse. Now, it does happen, and we can explore those scenarios at a later date, but what most of you are going to come across is people who say, your price is too high, your price is too high, your price is too high. There is that rare situation where somebody says, your price was too low, as in I gave the bid to Oga, and we're looking at this person, and we're looking at that person, and uh, person A charged 600k, person B charged uh, uh, 582, and you, your own bid was uh, 250. So they say, ah, so a guy was thinking that maybe you are not pure, as in you don't know what's up, you don't know what you're doing, so we had to go one of the other people. So those situations do happen uh, where your inside man, your inside lady, the person who gave you the inside scoop will tell you that you didn't get it because the price was too low. But that is rare. Most of us here, you didn't get it because the price was uh, too high. So, um, in the midst of all these uh, insecurities, they don't know who you are, they don't know how capable your product is, they don't know how capable your service is, they don't know anything about the business. Um, so, you know, with all that uncertainty, when you now put a price on the table, then, you know, doing business with you becomes a really risky proposition. That's because um, of all these um, um, unknowns. So, now, given that we're all going to hear your price is too high, or that's really expensive, or in my own case, uh, I think my second week as a wedding photographer, somebody said, eh, you want to build house on top of my head. And, um, well, for now, that carries the record as the most interesting one that I've heard. Um, although, after I spoke to my girlfriend about it, I mean, my wife now, then um, we were, uh, had I proposed? Okay, I can't remember. Well, anyway, so she, we weren't married at the time, so I spoke to her and... Uh, she came up with some interesting response. She was like, yes, I should have said, yes, I want to build a um, house on top of her head. Now, who doesn't want to build a house or something like that? Well, anyway, that was a long time ago. So you're either going to hear stuff like that. Your price is too high. That's really expensive, um, whatever it is. Or like some people say now, say, eh, 350K, 600K, 1M in this Buhari economy, you know, stuff like that. So if we're going to keep hearing all these kinds of things, I think it's a good idea for us to brainstorm um, ahead of time and figure out possible ways of dealing with this concern when people voice it dealing with this concern dealing with this um, objection or dealing with this uh, question because if we know that 98% of the people that we're going to approach are going to come up with this excuse that it's too high or this concern then it's only smart that we should come up for a framework come up with a framework rather for addressing these concerns uh, beforehand because the worst time to think of an answer to a problem is when you have a potential client or a paying um, a paying customer uh, on hand 
because uh, we want our buying experience and the customer interaction, the whole process with us. We want it to appear seamless. We want it to appear professional. And it's definitely not professional when you're watching somebody fumble through a response. So you say the price is too high and then the person starts saying, uh, and, um, and smacking their lips and then looking away or uh, whatever. It just, it doesn't um, instill um, confidence. Now, there are a multitude of ways that you can drive the conversation forward when someone hits you with the, your price is too high concern, your price is too high um, objection. We've already done a couple of podcast recordings on those in the past. I can't remember the exact details, but if this is your first time listening to the show, once you're uh, done with this, just scroll back. Um, you, you have to scroll quite a bit because we have four, over 400 episodes so far. And you'll be able to find podcast episodes that have things like objections in the title or price in the title. And uh, listen to those and you'll get to hear uh, some more tips and tricks there. So, uh, where was I? Okay, yes, I was saying that there are um, lots of ways that we can tackle this and we've done that in the past. And so please check uh, previous episodes. Now, but no matter which way you choose to respond to this whole pricing thing, and no matter which um, sales professional uh, that you follow, whether you're looking at my material or some other person out there, you will find, for the good professional anyway, the true sales aficionado, you'll find that we all have one thing in common. And we all agree that it's a bad idea to start arguing about why your price is the best, why your price is the greatest, why you are the most valuable on the market. It's a bad idea to start doing that because they know nothing about the market or um, about you and um, there's really no way for them to gauge why you are the best or you're the most um, valuable if someone is convinced that your price is too high it's not your argument that is going to uh, change their mind in fact the average person is going to double down like i've said something you're too expensive and you're still saying this saying this saying that I might not tell you, but deep down, I'm doubling down, getting more firm and getting more rooted because nobody wants to be a pushover. Nobody wants to be a uh, walkover. And uh, if you remember all the things that we said in the preamble in the beginning, so most likely they have some concerns that are behind this statement of your price is too high, but they're not conscious about what those concerns are. You know, they haven't voiced it. So instead of trying to argue your case, why not ask questions to figure out what the chief concerns are? Figure out what the real reason that the person has. Because from that point, if you discover what the real point is, if you will now want to argue against something, at least you know for sure what it is that you're arguing against. So don't just assume when they say your price is too high and you go into the price, you're trying to justify it. But meanwhile, they're concerned about something else. Maybe because they think um, you are um, not qualified. Because remember, uh, price for them is a proxy for value and value is always a calculation in their own mind between how much am I putting down and what is it that I am getting and so for them if I'm putting down you know 500k but this fellow looks like he's new in the game he doesn't know what he's doing then it's not a valuable transaction if they think this fellow is new in the game he doesn't know what he's doing but I'm only dropping 100k maybe it's worth the risk so that's how it works so let's figure out what the real concerns are. So if they say your price is too high, empathize with them and then ask a question. So you can say, ah, my sister, everything's expensive these days. Or like, okay guys, I have to apologize because I'm sure you're going to notice a jump in audio quality and uh, perhaps you notice that I might be lost in my discussion. That's because while I was recording, a phone call uh, came in 
and uh, yeah, anyway, so I'm now down, I'm done with that rather. So I'm now going to try and pick up the podcast recording from where uh, we were. And um, yeah, don't worry, in future, I promise, I'm going to get a computer and start podcasting the right way, in quote. But for now, I prefer to just uh, record directly into the phone and get it going so that I can drop these podcast um, episodes um, as often as possible. Because I'm scared that if I get a computer, get a proper room, get a proper mic, this thing is going to become too much work and I'm going to fall behind or I might stop um, doing it entirely. Because for now, the ease of recording is something that makes it easy for me to uh, go on. So hopefully we don't get another interruption and um, I'm sure some of you will find it miraculous that I've been uh, at this for over 400 episodes and this is only the uh, third time, I think third or second time, that I have been interrupted uh, with a phone call. Okay, so now back to where we were. I think I was talking about figuring out what the real um, reasons are and uh, that we should ask questions, I think. This is the advantage of um, being interrupted at a live session because there's always someone who remembers exactly where you guys were. Okay, uh, Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I think I was at the point where I was talking about um, empathizing with them, yes, and asking questions. So you can say, my sister, everything is expensive these days, but when you say the price is too high, um, you mean compared to what? That is a move I've seen somebody uh, do at the last um, bridal fair, my video guy. Uh, he started off empathizing by, you know, my dear, this Buhari economy, blah, blah, blah. And then that was the angle, basically, that when you say the price is too high, you know, what exactly are you comparing it to? Now, a question like this is going to get you some information on the other uh, alternatives that the person has been looking at. And then with this info, you're going to be able to make a case-by-case -case comparison on which is better, which is worse. You'll be able to educate them on what they're missing out, you know, blah, 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 stuff like that. Wedding photographers get this all the time. Person says, ah, your price is too high. Well, if you ask, your price is too high compared to what? And they say, ah, compared to what I'm getting from uh, Kunle Photography. Kunle is giving me um, this number of images, this size of photo book, and this, that, 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 that. And that's the point where you can say, eh, Kunle is ripping you off. Actually, this photo book is too small. The size is offering you eight inches. I know to you it looks like it's a big deal, but trust me, it's not going to work when you're talking about 150 images crammed into an 18-inch book. In fact, the industry standard here in Abuja is 12 inches, you know, blah, blah, blah. Now you guys can have that conversation and you're going to be able to shift um, the, uh, what will I say, shift the yardstick. Yeah, you're going to be able to shift the yardstick and the comparison. So at the end of the day, she'll now realize that what she thought was a, a bargain, that because she was dropping 200k with Kunle, and she's getting two 8-inch photo books and maybe uh, three, uh, let me see, 10-inch frames or something that she thought was a massive deal. She now see that yours, even though you cost, um, yours cost 400 or 450 actually might seem more valuable because the frames that you're offering are um, 16 by 12 and maybe the photo book you're offering is 12 by 16 uh, or something. You know, it might seem much more valuable because they're getting a better finish, larger sizes and stuff like that. But you're not going to know except if you ask the question. Because what most of you do is uh, you're expensive and, um, you know, you start dropping the price and maybe you match the price of Kunle, uh, Kunle Photography, which is what she said in the beginning. But... Uh, um, at the end of the day, it was a, an unfair comparison from the beginning because what you're offering, our Kunle is offering, definitely not the same, especially for those of you who are wedding planners. I know that there's some of you wedding planners that have a really uh, bespoke um, experience from the beginning until the end. 
basically you're like a concierge you walk them through everything vendor meetings dress fittings uh blah 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 i mean there's some people that do top-notch concierge from a to z and then there's some people that collect money and all they do really is just on the day um, coordination as they call it so it's not the same so you have to ask that question so my price is too high you know compared to what you have to find your own way your own verbiage of digging in because with the information you're going to be able to now make case by case um, comparisons you'll be able to educate the customer and you'll be able to move uh, the thing um, move the uh, transaction forward then you can also educate, like I said, and re-qualify the potential customer. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, qualification is just the process that we go through of asking questions to be sure that we're speaking to the right customer in the first place. Because we want to be sure that the person we're talking to has a want, they have a need that our product or service can uh, fulfill. That's really important because I don't want to waste my time talking to a bride who's looking for highly stylized and sophisticated wedding photography because what I do is candid. And if she's looking for all that stylized stuff, she wants me to uh, Photoshop her on the moon. I can't do that. So there's no point in having that conversation with the bride. Have the uh, qualifying conversation in the beginning and sort out people based on their needs and who you can help. So that whole want, need, whether we can fulfill um, that want or need is really important. We also want to be sure that they have a reasonable time frame for taking action there's no point of talking to a bride in 2022 when she thinks she might be getting married in 2027 and the guy just proposed but the family hasn't had a meeting and you know there are just too many ifs there they're thinking of five years from now uh the families haven't even met the proposal was on uh uh how do they say it these days uh they say low-key or something like it was a low-key proposal like the proposal is only between two of them you know they haven't told anybody else or something just too many ifs so don't bother with that but if you're speaking to a bride who uh they've proposed the family have met they picked a date eight months from now and they've dropped a deposit on the wedding hall aha that person seems much more serious and much more qualified so we should be having uh, conversations with that person so that's the idea behind um, a qualified customer and um, qualified customers are the best people to be having conversations with this uh, sorry with them if you don't uh, figure this out early then the chances are you are just wasting um, you're just wasting your time so if you're talking to Buhari's daughter and Buhari's daughter has just been proposed to uh, but there's no possible wedding date in sight yet and because elections are going on families have not even met and so uh buhari is more concerned about uh, apc and is tinubu going to win and all whatnot maybe that's not really qualified right you should still hang on to our phone number though and find some other sales processes uh to run in the meantime so that you're still um nurturing the relationship so that by the time the election is over and uh people have moved on things have settled down and the marriage agenda is now back on the table you're going to be able to get back in play but that's the idea, uh, basically, and those are the criteria. What's the need? What's what's the want? Does it look like they're going to be able to take um, action anytime soon? Is there any sense of urgency? And uh, do we have the same expectations um, around money? So basically what I'm saying is only talk to qualified customers. So now back to pricing concerns. So when someone says your price is too high, it's possible that uh, they say that because you weren't speaking to a qualified client in the first place. You're probably talking to someone who has unrealistic expectations about the market for your product or your service just like with the example that i gave earlier with uh kunle wedding photography and um what it is that kunle is providing uh, for his clients 
um, any wedding photographer listening to this who is named Kunle, please know I'm not talking about you. I just pulled that name out randomly. So in this case, education would be a good idea. Educate them, uh, give them a price range, a brief tour of what's available on the market. And then after that, you uh, try and um, gauge how comfortable they are with this new price, uh, price information. And that will help determine where to move next. So you can say in the market for um, XYZ, you can expect anything between 1M and 2.5, depending on what you are looking for, uh, whether you're looking for features A, B, or C. So what exactly are you looking for? And which price range are you comfortable with? So substitute XYZ and 1M and 2.5 to whatever it is. So you can say in the market for wedding planning, you can expect to get anything between 1M and 2.5, depending on whether you're looking for a, cool con a full concierge service, whether you're just looking for wedding coordination, or whether you're expecting me to book the vendors uh, for you. So what are you um, expecting with all these things that I've mentioned so far? What are you expecting and what price range are you comfortable with? So um, you'll find that bride who will say 1M, ah, I beg, um, you know, you'll get that kind of reaction. That gives you a fair sense that this is probably not um, the bride for you. Now, again, I'm just pulling these figures out of my head. I don't know what wedding planners charge in Abuja and in Lagos. So I don't know what the fair price is. I'm just pulling figures out of my head. So if actually these, this is the going rate in Abuja uh, between 1M and 2.5, then it's obvious that this bride doesn't have realistic expectations. She doesn't know what's out there in the market. Maybe she just um, let up, uh, just let this thing pass on by. So if you didn't do a good job of qualifying them before, taking this approach gives you an opportunity to start figuring out uh, what it is that they need and what a realistic budget for this person um, should be. And in cases like this, I really think it's a good idea to send them back into the market. If she says one million, ah, on top waiting, just let her go, tell her to go and do her research. She will go and maybe she might find that there are some 900k people, but that in Abuja, assuming that between uh, 1M and 2M is like the going rate, eventually she will find that, well, you can stretch it and find a 900k person, but there's definitely no 800, there's definitely no 700. And in that case, your offering is not going to seem so um, unrealistic after all. And you guys probably can't talk again at a later date because it's possible for you to move a 900k person into 1M or a 1.5 person into 1.6 or maybe 1.7. You know, it's doable, hard but doable. So, um, let me see. Yeah, there are also some professionals who say that um, when some people say the price is too high, what's at stake, it's a confidence issue because they don't have confidence in you, your product or your service. And that's something that I made reference to early in the first recording. At least I hope I made reference to that. So in these cases, you can ask the question, um, is the price too high or is it that you're not confident that I can deliver on everything we have discussed? You should be upfront about this. Tackle the question head on. It's a useful question to ask. Because it gets to the root, it will help you get to the root of what they feel insecure with about you or about the product or uh, the service. Because if you don't know what the issues, issues are, you can't address them. You know, it's something I've said over and over and over again. So let's internalize that. If you really don't know what the issues are, you can't address them. So it's possible that they feel insecure because you're too young and inexperienced. So maybe you're one of those people like me um, who looks baby-faced. You know, at my age, I'm surprised I'm still baby-faced and sometimes it's flattering. I run into people who still think I'm 30 or um, 32, and yeah, it's really flattering. So if you're a baby face like me, and maybe you're on the slim, small side, you know, people are like, ah, what does this guy think? Or what does this girl think? I mean, 
who does she think she is? She probably just graduated in uh, 2021 from Babcock or something. So they're looking at you and uh, they feel insecure because you might be too young and inexperienced. And if you're able to get to the root of these things, then you're going to um, know how to argue your case. That if it's an age thing, you're going to be able to say that, oh yes, you've only been in industry for uh, three years. But actually, in those three years, you've handled 50, uh, you've shot 50 weddings or you've planned 50 weddings. And you have, out of those 50, you have uh, 27 of those clients who are so happy that they said they're willing to give a testimonial on the spot. And in fact, I can give you the phone number of uh, one of them right now so you can have a conversation, you know, something like that. And then you can also try and uh, persuade them that, well, yeah, even though you're only three years in the market, um, apart from the fact that you have 50 clients, all your installation guys have 15 years experience. So let's say you're a wedding planner, for instance. Uh, yeah, it's something you can uh, play up. That all the people that you work with, they all have uh, 15 years experience or five years experience or whatever. So when they set up the decorations and the truss rods and the lighting and the everything, everything is going to work okay. Nothing is going to fall or crash or disappear or whatever. Although you only work with materials of XYZ quality and uh, on and on. Um, of course, you apply to your own situation. So these are ways that you can bolster your uh, credibility and show that you're competent and justify your original um, asking price. So when someone says that the price is too high, let's remember, you shouldn't start arguing um, the matter because it's a complicated issue. There, can be, there might be crying foul for a number of reasons that you don't know. So you're better off trying to calm the situation down, ask a couple of questions, get to the root of their concerns, and then make your best replies as to what you think is really going on in their mind. So next, one, next time someone says, that's so expensive, uh, that's too expensive, uh, for where? 1M, God forbid, I know they pay. Don't get defensive. Don't start justifying yourself. Ask them questions. Figure out where they're really coming from. Because if you don't know where they're coming from, remember, uh, you're not going to know where you have to lead the conversation to. And so that's it for today. I think I've done 30 minutes. I'm getting into the habit now of doing 30-minute recordings. At the next recording, I'll try and uh, scale it back to our normal 10-15 minutes. So thanks for listening to today's recording. Um, I value your time and attention. I'll catch you guys at the next recording.